You're listening to Sessions, a podcast presented by The Shapeshift Report. My name is Chelsea Matthews. I am the CEO and founder of Matt Black, which is a culture marketing firm and creative studio um, based in Los Angeles and London. Um, And I'm also the editor-in-chief of The Shapeshift Report, which is our trend um, and digital insight magazine that we produce every month around varying topics that we feel are relevant in culture, news, insights, and trends. I'm really excited to kick off our first podcast with someone who's actually a very dear friend of mine, Monica Glass. Um, She is today a culture marketing consultant um, working with a myriad of really amazing, awesome brands um, doing everything from you know, experiential to uh, culture strategies to design. Um, But I've actually known Monica for several years and met her when she was working at a company called GenArt in its heyday um, and had recently relocated from Miami to Los Angeles to kind of steer up their national marketing. And I had always loved GenArt and she was my first kind of gateway into that company. Um, we'd actually talk because she was looking to fill a role, but as timing would have it, I had just accepted another offer somewhere else. Um, but a friendship was born. <laughs> and so I'm really excited to have her here today on the show. And to kick off, we're just going to do a quick uh, little quick fire round so that you can get to know the Monica that I know and love. <laughs> um, so Monica, what's your go-to inspirational song? My go-to inspirational song right now, it puts me in a really good mood, makes me feel like I can accomplish just about anything, is Anderson Pox, Am I Wrong? It's a, it's a funky little groove. If you don't know it, check it out. It'll put you in a great mood. Amazing. Drink of choice. Tequila. <laughs> the last... Anything with tequila. Yeah, I hear you Just to that. clarify. Margaritas. Anything. Anything. Last book you read. Thrive by Ariana Huffington. Great book, inspirational lady. She seems to be balancing it all. She's had some missteps, um, you know, from overworking, and I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from somebody like her. Definitely. Cool. Well, let's kind of kick off by um, hearing from you what it is that you do, how you got to kind of being in this consulting role that Mm -hmm. you sit in, Mm -hmm. and your, your kind of past experience. Yeah. So as you said, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me here. It's an honor to be your first podcast. Uh, And it's my first podcast, too. So there we go. Um, But right now, I'm in such a really exciting place in my career. As you know, I was at Red Bull for six years, which there is like a lifetime. And um, the team there is exceptional. And obviously, the programs there couldn't be more exciting. I just sort of feeling like I needed to change. I needed to mix things up. I've always loved the idea of like a creative sabbatical you hear and you know that people take these things. And I was always so intrigued by like, wow, do people really do that? You know, how do they do it? How can they afford to do it? Um, I also, I also love the idea of kind of, you know, changing industries to essentially be more inspired and creative within anything that you do. And I took that idea, um, especially from there's a, there's kind of a, a system that big companies have in place with their top designers. They'll actually have them like work on maybe a shoe design one day, but then they'll have them rotate to go work on cars, you know, and then what ends up happening from working on different things is that you come back to what you are, are meant to do, but you come back more inspired with more ideas. So I love all these ideas and, and all these romantic ideas were floating around in my head. And I was like, how do I 
how do I get there? How do I do this? Um, and the answer was to, you know, leave Red Bull and to be able to work with uh, a lot of clients. And um, and so far, so good. It's going really great. I um, It was a smooth transition because Red Bull is still a client of mine, so I still do some consulting for them. Um, but then I was able to take on different clients in, in new industries, and I really feel like creative and inspired more than ever before right now. That's really cool. Knowing also kind of your your past, you know, as I mentioned before, kind of starting with Genar and, you know, kind of the Miami mm-hmm. scene there. I mean, we're going back to a time when there wasn't any social media. Um, nice. I mean, maybe MySpace, but it wasn't really used from a brand level. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have consistently kind of held this seat in kind of culture marketing before I think even culture mar- marketing was anything outside of like events nice. and experiences yeah. and things like that. What was kind of the shift from you know, working at a company like GenArt, um, Mm -hmm. producing national events and doing things of that Mm -hmm. nature, then going into a company like Red Bull, where you're like very kind of focused on what they kind of deem as culture. And what is that, what does that form of culture marketing actually mean? And how does it impact Red Bull as a brand? Right. So just to explain GenArt a bit, um, because it is so unique and, and you're totally right. Like GenArt, Nothing really quite existed like it at the time. Now there are things that you could say are comparable, whether it's Vice, you know, or and brands in general are essentially the new gen art. Whereas before, brands would work with a company like Gen Art to reach, you know, young consumers through their passion points of fashion, film, music, and art. And essentially, that's what we did. We produced events, whether it was a fashion show, a film premiere, or a cool art, you know, exhibition. Um, and on the back end, was we were essentially acting as an agency. And nowadays, brands caught on to that model, and they're just doing it themselves. Um, so it was really an eye-opener for me. I had always been in entertainment. My first job out of college was working for Clear Channel Entertainment, which you know produces and promotes thousands of concerts each year all over the world. And so I was in the concert division there. Then I come to Gen Art doing more creative stuff. And then all of a sudden I get a call from a brand, Red Bull, and I've never thought about working for a brand, much less like a beverage necessarily, because I'd always been in entertainment. Um, And and I wasn't sure how I felt. And then I started digging into their culture and their history in music. And I was so impressed. And I knew the people behind these programs were the real deal, that it really wasn't at the core about selling the drink that they were, they really understood the culture. And so that's what attracted me to that position. Um, You know, obviously Red Bull, they need to sell cans. That's what funds everything they do at the end of the day. So it does come back to the can, but they, as a brand, I think are one of the leaders in really understanding that you're selling a value and ideal and you need to reach people in, you know, in different things that they're passionate about. And so the opportunity to go to a brand that understood that where the funding was there, you know, at GenArt, I had to go chase sponsors and dollars. And, you know, part of my job was business development and the other half was actually producing the experiences and marketing those experiences. Whereas at Red Bull, I was just kind of like, wait a second. So, so I just pitch you guys the idea and then we'll get the money. So That's crazy. way easier than me having to like go all over town finding people who, who get what we're doing. So um, it was really, really cool for me to make that transition. Um, 
And Red Bull, when I started six years ago, they had so many different events and programs. We literally, you probably remember early on, because I would invite you out to all of these random oh, 100%. Events. And you were, you're such a trooper. Chelsea's at the uh, the MC battle, <laughs> the, the B-boy battle, then a, a DJ battle, lots of battles. Um, but uh, yeah, we did a ton of different things. Now, obviously, we, know, we realized that after a few years, we're like, hey, why does everything have to be a battle? <laughs> so um, as of lately, you can tell that there's been a big shift, which is great and was much needed, um, which is just to produce really cool events and experiences um, from Red Bull Music Academy to Red Bull Sound Select. Super cool. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, Red Bull is a great example of a catalyst for this. But, you know, you recently wrote an article for um, the, the most recent issue of the Shapeshift mm-hmm. Report, the identity issue. Um, and you really did talk about, you know, creating a brand identity and and that process and, and kind of where we are today in the landscape of marketing, mm-hmm. which is both like overly cluttered and also um, a great kind of like launching platform for a lot of companies. Right. What Tell us a little bit about what you were conveying in that article and, and how you, you know, kind of process that and how you're consulting these brands. Yeah. So, I mean, it's no secret. It's been happening for a while. I just think more people need to be aware of it. Like for a while, brand identity could have been considered just kind of the look and feel of your brand and maybe one little quick, you know, tagline or key message. And now I think because consumers are just getting so smart and there are so many channels and there's so many touch points with consumers that they need to feel your brand through everything you, you know, the way you look, the, what you say, what you do, your partnerships, and, you know, people are aware and they are sensitive and the brands that are winning are, you know, very conscious about that. And they're doing it in a really authentic, incredible way. Super cool. What brands do you think are doing it right um, well, I got to give Red Bull props, <laughs> having just come from there. I think they've been doing it right for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they are leaders, and nobody doubts that they have been leaders in especially content marketing. Um, you know, when I started there six years ago, they, they were then, six years ago, launching the Red Bull Media House. They were working on it. So that was already in the work. So I think they're really ahead of the curve when it comes to understanding, you know, that style of marketing and authenticity and credibility. It's always been at the core of what they do. Um, But as far as other brands, there's so many. Um, When I see what's happening now, it's very exciting to see brands getting it right. Um, I think uh, Squarespace is a really cool one. I love that, you know, in the past... Nobody really made it sexy to sell websites, and they're, they understand that it's really, it's not about just what they're, the service that they're offering, it's really about, like, they're empowering people to do great things and to, you know, make their life's work look beautiful online. And if you look at all of their messaging and their socials, it's all about not like their service or their technology, which they could very easily say, like, we have the best processors or whatever. It's really about, like, no, look at this guy who has a Squarespace site. He's an amazing photographer. That's what it's about. Um, so I, I love I love what they're doing. I think Airbnb is another one. They just recently did um, a really cool campaign where they partnered up with the Art Institute of Chicago, and they had the Art Institute of Chicago commission 
recreating Van Gogh's painting, the bedroom, and they made this room and it looks exactly like the painting. So everything in the room is hand painted, the walls, the lamps to look exactly like the brush strokes in the painting. And then they offered up that room on Airbnb. So it was a smart, incredible partnership with the Art Institute of Chicago renting an actual room in Chicago and then it lives up to their, you know, essentially their mission to give people um, access to amazing, unique places to stay. Totally. I think that that is, I mean, I can geek out all day Mm -hmm. with things like that, which I know is very much like embedded in your thinking for Mm -hmm. sure. And even, you know, the Squarespace, what was it around the Super Bowl, Key and Peel, the... Oh, that know, the was, yeah, how did I not mention that? That was brilliant. I actually logged on. I was just like, what is this? It this was is amazing. so crazy. I think it's a perfect example, too, of like, I mean, really looking at the Airbnb example of brands that are creating, you know, things offline that mm-hmm. generate, like extensive amount of on, online conversation, whether that's actually someone staying in that room or mm-hmm. j- just the general media pickup about it. Um, it's just so, so critical. It is. Um, you mentioned in your article that we now demand an authenticity that can't be faked. Um, I think that that is so, so, so true um, and, and very powerful. And, it, you know, as a company that consults brands, you know, on our side and and same with you, it's, Mm -hmm. there's no, um, denying the fact that a lot of people come to you looking for those kinds of pieces of authenticity, but sometimes they just aren't in the brand's DNA. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's because of all of these modes of communication. Everything is just happening so much faster. There's so much more content. Reactions are faster. It's also very easy to find out if your message is authentic or inauthentic. And I think some of the things that you can kind of look at for that, for me personally, like I've created a ton of branded content on YouTube. Um, and if you're willing to actually look and listen to the comments. They're very informative. YouTubers are very passionate. I'm sure you've you've seen yes. you know posts. They they won't hesitate to be like this fucking sucks, or you know what I mean. So you'll you'll learn right away if it's working or not. Um, especially I think brands can sometimes. I've, I won't name any names, but I've seen a few brands. You know they just try too hard, and it's too. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just too blatant of a marketing scheme versus something just genuinely interesting and cool. Um, So I think the other kind of key takeaway, you know, that you can figure out if it's resonating or not is I think every strong brand, what they have in common is they have at least, even if it's a small, small, tiny group, they have some kind of group of that, of people that are like, cultish about the product. I mean, if you look at brands like Apple or Star Wars, I mean, there are fanatics. Those are strong brands. So if your brand lacks that, you would probably want to reconsider your message and how you're going to market because a really strong brand is really not about the product. It's about something bigger than that. And that creates that kind of cultish following of people who are really passionate about it. And it might be 10 people, but at least, you know, it's, it's there. What would you say is kind of your process when, you know, a brand comes to you looking, looking for that authenticity or looking for like your ideas and strategy? Where do you start when you're looking at the brand and and where do you feel like you kind of, what's, what's your 
strategic process, I guess. Yeah, the process is really getting those key like brand attributes down and really thinking of the brand as an individual, as a person, and getting those kind of key personality traits down. Because then from there, you can, that'll inform the brand's look and feel. It'll inform the, you know, your tone of voice, the, your partnerships. It'll really, it all starts from there. I mean, at Red Bull, um, they get really specific with theirs. And I, I think it's really funny, but just to give you an example of like how nuanced you should get the same way that people are nuanced with your brand um you know at red bull one of the the best traits that i always thought was fascinating that the red bull brand has is polarizing which is seems a little counterintuitive who wants to be polarizing that means some people don't like you but i always thought that was really unique um it says that you're confident in who you are you don't really care that much um it also says that you know if it if you market to everyone you market to no one which I think people have to be, you know, careful about. You can't please everybody. Be yourself. Some people are going to like you. Some people aren't. I think that's where polarizing comes from. Another one on the Red Bull side was that I that I thought was so fun is um, to give you an example is you know this character the Red Bull kind of personality. He's like the guy that you know started smoking to be cool, but then was the first of his friends to quit. You know, so like I think so when I work with a brand, it's it's first getting down who is this person and then kind of like out of a scene of weird science, like you basically punch these brand attributes, you know, into the magical computer and then you have a walking, living, breathing brand. And then based on those attributes, now we're going to decide how this brand walks, talks, thinks, who do they like, who do they associate with? And so it all comes from a very crystallized um, kind of personality portrait. Super interesting. And then how do you kind of take that and flood it into an offline experience? You know, you've done a lot of events over the years. Um, how do you find, especially in your process, you know, using Red Bull as an example, figuring out what artists and musicians that you felt were the right fit to Mm -hmm. really invest your, you Mm -hmm. know, brand and budgets into? Yeah, I mean, the most important thing, especially with with partnerships with artists, is that they they genuinely love the brand. Um, I've seen a few brands they partner with somebody and then they're caught, you know, off off on their off time, like sponsoring another brand or whatever, and so it's just the whole campaign crumbles because you realize they were just getting paid to do that. So, um, just a- aligning with the right artist who is genuinely into your brand, actually, in the case of Red Bull, you know, would drink the product. Um, not that that's like the message, but you, you have to start from that basic place, um, and then looking at their personality and seeing does this personality represent who we are. Um, at Red Bull, I had the opportunity to work with artists like Pharrell and Skrillex. Skrillex is a controversial character. You love, people love him. People are obsessed with him. You go online, you know, he's got like a hundred million views in his music videos, but some people hate him, but that's okay. You know, we're Red Bull. We're not Pepsi. We're not Coca-Cola. We didn't need to please everybody and choose a Beyonce. Like we can afford, you know, to be a little polarizing in the process, you know, we're, we're choosing somebody who, who has kind of the same, gets the same reaction as maybe our product does. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So kind of taking those things in mind, like how do you define your own personal identity? 
Oh, this is a tough one. <laughs> how, do, how do you how do you describe this without saying like a, sounding like an egomaniac? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's I okay. Am. You can like let that ego shine, girl. No, 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 no. no. Um, all right. I mean, there's. I don't have a mantra per se, but it's 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 something that I like to keep in mind, and it's something that I try to aspire to. Maybe I'm there, maybe I'm not. But um, I'm going to get Mr. Miyagi on you for a second. I don't know if you're <laughs> if you're too young to remember who he is, but I have loved this quote by Lao Tzu. He's this um, philosopher, amazing. You know, he's the Tao Te Ching and whatnot. Um, and he has a quote that basically says, you know, there's nothing softer than water, but in its power to, you know, wear down a rock, the earth, or carve mountains, there's there's nothing like it. And I've always found that so fascinating. And that's what I try to kind of live, which is being fluid and flexible enough like water, knowing that that's really strength um, over time. Um, so that's not like a very clear trait, but, but knowing you, it makes so much sense yeah. because, um, I mean, you've held some, you know, really important positions in your career and you've by nature of your role had to deal with managing a lot of teams, a yeah. lot of vendors, a lot of talent. And you, I don't think I've ever seen you stressed out in a day and like you're doing like the biggest Coachella events ever <laughs> and you're still just chill well that comes with time if you would have caught yeah. me in the early days you'd be like wow she's a wreck <laughs> <laughs> that's just years that's just years of oh I've seen that you know and knowing something always goes wrong and there's nothing you can do but thank you um yeah I like to well I'm glad that it, it somewhat translates yeah. but yeah I think other than that I think um I've always been kind of really confident in who I am um and I'd like to think that I'm kind of, you know, current without necessarily being a slave to, to trends. Um, I'm not too concerned with appearances per se. I just kind of know what I know and like what I like. Um, yeah. Cool. I think that, um, kind of how you just defined yourself in a way is a good segue point to, you know, talking about where you are now and that kind of personal, process of choosing to, you know, step out from a company like Red Bull, Mm -hmm. where, you Mm -hmm. know, you, you were doing such incredible things. And to your point, you very fortunately are still able to work with them. But what was that, you know, kind of personal identity process that you went through when you were deciding, you know what, I think I'm going to take a leap here and I'm going to try to do something for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a hard choice to make. It's a hard choice to make. And I know from knowing you again, like how much self-discovery you were going through in mm-hmm. the six months, maybe even before you kind of finally pulled the trigger. Right. Um, what inspired all of this for you and and where are you at today in this kind of consulting role? Yeah, I think the initial impetus for the change was, um, again, just I needed something new. I just felt like I wasn't learning at the pace that I like to learn. I, you know, I, I feel like if you're not growing, you're not learning, you're dying. And I just started feeling like I, it was slowing down. Um, and I needed new challenges and I needed to be able to manage what those challenges were going to be and kind of choose the projects that I wanted to work on and who I wanted to work with. I think, you know, the whole work becomes really fun and it's not even work at all when you start getting to choose your projects and choose who you work with because then you're just creating it doesn't feel like you're working it's just creating which is I think why we're here in the big scheme of things just to create things um 
beautiful things, hopefully. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think during that time, it was a really funny time. I was listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books, because I did. I knew I needed like the courage to do it. There was this inkling of a feeling, but I, did, I was like, why would I leave Red Bull? You know, there's this like internal discussion. Why? It's amazing. My bosses couldn't have been nicer. Um, and I got the courage through, you know, reading specific books, listening to specific podcasts. Tim Ferriss helped me a little bit. I have to give him a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also read uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. So there definitely were a lot of tools that I was using to kind of make me feel a little more confident about the transition. Um, and then... Once I talked to my old boss and told him I wanted to leave, but I still wanted to work with them. But as a contractor, he was really understanding. Um, that obviously was a great fit. And then I immediately started talking to other brands who needed somebody like me and my help, but were open to doing it on a you know retainer type service fee. And it just kind of, you know, I didn't necessarily have a coheat like a concrete plan sometimes I feel like you just got to take that first step and trust that it's all gonna work out and things will reveal themselves to you um, and that's exactly what happened so like if I thought I had a plan when I left that plan did not work out at all <laughs> you know and it's actually you know for the better better things have come up and I'm in I'm in meetings with the brands of my dreams, like very inspiring um, brands that are doing some of the more exciting campaigns I've seen. Um, and, but, you know, at the end of the day, I just think for me, it was about being able to manage my time the way I wanted to, and to be just to make, to make my own choices. You know, Red Bull was amazing, but it's still a big company. And you get sucked into meetings that sometimes are not so productive. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to, you know, really just kind of stick to the core of what you know, what you're good at, and, and just get it done. Totally. I think the one more thing that I can't uh, go without, without mentioning is I had two kids in the last three years. Two babies. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, two and, and nothing, as you know as a new mother, nothing really makes you more sensitive about your time than having kids. Like you want every second to count for something. Um, even if it's carved out, like relaxing, you know, vegging out time. <laughs> Definitely like it's gotta, carving that out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think that really threw a lot. I think maybe that was another part of kind of the, the impetus to make me rethink things. It was just I started rethinking time and how I spend it. Because you, when you're a mother, you want to, spend your time wisely because you want any free time you can to spend with your kids. And, and part of that, you know, doing that was being able to manage my time better on my own terms. Amazing. I can a hundred percent appreciate that, um, evaluation and valuation of your time given mm -hmm. the circumstances. Um, you know, with that in mind, how, who's getting your time right now? I mean, <laughs> Great the, question. you know, hundred dollar question, like who are you working with? Yeah. So I'm still working with Red Bull, as I mentioned previously, I'm also working with eCreative Studio, which is a branding and design firm, which has been so amazing. It's given me access to work with a lot of different brands like Maker Studios, Tidal, Job Virtual Reality. Um, you'll see the updated portfolio coming very soon. There's a lot of projects in motion right now. Um, and then I'm actually transitioning into a role with 
Blue Revolver, which is the kind of sister company or branded entertainment division of Dun and Dusted. And a lot of people know Dun and Dusted because they've been producing the Victoria's Secrets fashion shows for the last 15 years, um, as well as the biggest thing they've done to date, which really doesn't get any bigger than this. It, uh, they produced the opening and closing ceremonies for the Olympics, the London Olympics in 2012. Amazing. Working with Danny Boyle. Yeah. So I, I'm just so thrilled to be working with people like that. I'm learning so much. It's giving me access to multiple brands. And I'm really enjoying kind of putting a lot of the processes and, and strategy that I've learned at Red Bull to use with other brands. What advice would you give someone who is looking to pursue a career um, in culture marketing or experiential events? brand in general? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I've learned in my, my shift here is that your network is so important. It's everything. It really is. I think a lot of people, and I'm, I've been one of them. You just, you keep your nose down and you do the work and you don't necessarily make time to network or socialize in certain ways. Um, that's so important, especially when you're in any kind of transition period. It's all about relationships at the end of the day, really. Um, so that would be a big piece of advice. I'd also say to, if you're transitioning into something, really focus in on something very specific. A lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. And they have a list of maybe 20 things that they can offer services wise. And I do think it's more digestible for clients. Um, and it will make you better if you're really specialized and focused either on a specific service or a specific target audience. Totally agree. Amazing. I think you've given so many great points of advice here and, um, it goes without saying you inspire me all the time. Um, likewise. <laughs> um, so to kind of wrap this up today, I have to know if you were to be doing anything else with your life and your career, what would it be? I would be an installation artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, really? Really? That's amazing. I daydream about it all the time. You know how like at, at LACMA, they have the rain room? Yeah. And I was like, why, why don't I make that? That's what I should be doing. I should be making rain rooms and different amazing experiences that are just purely perceived as, as art. Um, yeah. If, if Hey, maybe life, life is, they say life is short, but it's long too. Maybe in my next <laughs> lifetime, I'll do that. That's incredible. I actually would not have guessed that you would say that. <laughs> Wait, what were you thinking? No, I don't know. I was imagining you as like a firefighter. A firefighter? No, I'm just yeah. I'm okay. just kidding. <laughs> I, please. If you see, I can barely hike. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much thank you for, for kind me. of. This was fun. Yeah, you broke the ice on our first first official sessions. Um, again, this is a podcast by the crew at Matt Black and the Shapeshift Report. We're super stoked to have sat with you and look forward to connecting soon. Thank you. You guys can download the most recent issue of the Shapeshift Report at shapeshiftreport.co and definitely be sure to check out the article by Miss Monica Glass. Um, and also make sure to follow us on Instagram at shapeshiftreport. You can catch wind of any additional insights and new issues that we're releasing. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you guys soon.